We got rugged by George Kittle, GM. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto-matched with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Hey everyone. I'm off my game, guys. I apologize. I literally poured my coffee during the intro. We all know that's part of the show. We all know the ASMR coffee freaks out there love it when I pour my coffee into my mug. And I forgot to do it live on air. You're going to have to take my word for it. There is coffee in here. Okay. Just imagine that I did it on stream. Man, J. Mike, bringing the positive energy in here this morning. We need it. What was the highlight of my weekend? What was the highlight of my weekend? Yesterday, I ordered takeout from Shake Shack. I didn't even realize there was a Shake Shack close to me and I was scrolling through Grubhub and uh, I got a milk and cookie shake or whatever it's called from them, a cookies and cream shake. I got their really good uh, Parmesan fries. I got uh, their burger. I got their chicken bites. I basically just went to town on Shake Shack, which I hadn't had in forever. I legit didn't even know there was one near me. So that was probably the highlight of my weekend, Shake Shack. Uh, Yesterday was pretty rough. Uh, It was one of those slates where you want to win. Uh, I was putting in, well, that was the dumbest thing to say. One of the slates you want to win. One of the slates you want to win because of how low scoring it is. Uh, The GPP bros, we love winning the weeks where the chalk fails. I was putting in the cash lines in my spreadsheet for the spies and they were the lowest uh, they've been all season, even lower than week one, even lower than uh, back in week nine. Uh, The cash lines were around 125 in all three of my spy contests. So uh, very low scores across the board. And uh, unless your name was Michael Leone, we had a hard time uh, fully taking advantage of that. So it was a little frustrating. I did feel pretty good heading into yesterday. Um, I had a pretty small player pool and it was one of the kind of, I don't know, uh, least frantic Sunday morning build sessions I've had. And I also had kind of set up my late swaps and and felt pretty good about it from that angle, other than uh, a decision to not play Eli Mitchell at the last second, uh, which we can talk through as well. Let's check in on the chat. Drico wants a slurp. I guess I'm just a monkey to dance for you guys. I really leaned into the slurp on that one. Thankful for the community and one Mr. Davis Maddock. I am also very thankful for Davis Maddock. I need to listen to the uh, the Gilcast. I just downloaded it. I will uh, I will be checking it out after this show. Clay says, uh, what's the GTO detox strategy? Uh, I assume Clay is referencing me <coughs> getting pretty drunk accidentally on the tilt space last night. I do think I'm, I have to take a week off from drinking. Uh, I decided that about an hour ago. Uh, 
I am not going to drink until Friday. I hope my wife can hear that so she can support me in this endeavor to detox. I'm honestly, the, the reason that it's actually scary is I'm not even hung over. Uh, I feel fine. And I think my, my tolerance has gotten too good over the past like month. I've just been drinking way too much. So, uh, we need, we need a little detox clay. I think no alcohol till Friday, a lot of sauna, a lot of vegetables getting to the gym. Um, we need a detox here. Brian says, GM, how bad was making showdown lineups after Tilt Space, which, by the way, was an awesome show again. Yeah, if you guys didn't watch Tilt Space last night, it was fun as usual with Leona, Leona, Leone uh, crushing the Thunderdome with Holka, and we even had Justin Herzig uh, swing by. Uh, the showdown lineups, luckily, I've done it so many times with The Sims, and I have my process down that it actually wasn't too bad. Um, and I was actually looking good there for a little while because I had run a couple Sims that were basically the exact score of the game. I think I had it as like, what if it was 17-10? And I think, what was the game? Like 16-10? So I had a good chunk of my lineups that were, you know, uh, optimized for that exact exact script. So I was looking good for a little while uh, in the super large field stuff, but uh, ended up coming crashing down to earth because the defenses didn't quite get there. I did not eat Shake Shack in the sauna, although that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Um, let's see here. Um, pious devil. I amazingly saw a profit in tournaments yesterday for once. Shame. I faded fat for net. Yeah. Looking at the percentages across the board, it would appear as if a lot of people faded for net, except the winner of our deposit kingdom tournament, which we will take a look at in a little bit. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Nick between ship chasing and tilt space, it's been a great week of streams. Well, don't get used to it. Cause I'm sobering up. Let's look at um, these lineups here. I ended up playing in three spy contests. Um, I'm even getting a little gun shy through my losing streak that I didn't play the double spy. I played the uh, the 400K spy with 100K to first. I played the 150K spy with 25K to first. And I played the 100K spy with 20K to first. We can pull up these lineups. Um Man, watching Jalen Hurts yesterday was just so, so painful. Um, it, it was truly brutal. He did end up getting enough rushing yards to uh, not put up, you know, the truly excruciating performance, but no touchdowns, three interceptions. I did roll out the double stack here with Hurts. And as you can kind of see across the board, pretty happy with the percentages that I got these guys at. Um Hertz 4.6, Devonta Smith 4.4, Goddard 6.3. I knew this was going to be my most contrarian lineup. Um, and so I was uh, pretty happy to roll it out here in this big spy with 4,444 entries. Uh, I did bring it back with Barkley. I, I was waffling uh, all morning whether to do a Giants bring back or not. Uh, ultimately I decided that this wasn't an awful spot to burn a running back spot on Barkley. If he was back to, you know, kind of full health here, uh, at 6,300, I think he's definitely mispriced. I knew the ownership wasn't going to be completely out of hand. My only guy here over 10%, but that game just cratered from an offensive standpoint. Uh, neither team could get anything going there. I had a mini here with Chase Claypool and T. Higgins. I really liked that Bengals game, as you guys uh, probably saw on the tilt space as well. 
Um, I had Claypool and Chase in another lineup, I believe we'll take a look at. But in this one, Higgins fit. Um, that worked out well. And then I actually made a late swap here. Um, I had initially, I had, um, I actually had a couple permutations. First off, I had the AJ Dillon in Odell Beckham, which in hindsight, obviously would have been uh, the best 2v2 here. So instead of Melvin Gordon and Sutton, I was, as you guys heard me talk about on the show on Sunday morning, wanting to leave my lineups uh, with room to play AJ Dillon. Um, And basically how that transpired is about, you know, what you would have expected uh, where Aaron Jones did see 10 touches, but, you know, Dylan was still heavily involved. He had 20 carries. He scored that passing touchdown. So I actually did end up leaving him on one lineup where I was behind, um, but a little bit of a bummer that I got spooked off of that. So I I knew I had a few uh, plays available. Um, This lineup was so buried that the other swap I had talked about, I think I talked about on the Sunday morning, was going to Denver running back Mike Williams. That was the exact same salary as A.J. Dillon, Odell Beckham. But when I was so far behind here, I didn't think I wanted to eat uh, what I thought would be around 15 to 20% Mike Williams ownership. So I went for the more galaxy brain uh, pivot to Cortland Sutton. I figured Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton would be very low owned and give me kind of the best chance to climb up the scoreboard here. So this was uh, one of those disappointing ones. Uh, it always frustrating to throw away a good defensive performance. Dolphins were one of my favorite defenses. Uh, so to get them at 3% and 23 points and to uh, to not be able to do enough with it. Uh, this was one of those weeks where it's like, if you just have one more thing correct, you know, you're, you're cashing. Like if you land on the mix in the Patterson, the Fournette as one of your other running back plays, that's all you needed. You need like three things, right? Um, that was similar to Leone's Thunderdome lineup. He got Patterson, right? He got, uh, feeling right. And he got dolphins D right. And, and it was just one of those weeks where all you had to do was get a couple things, right? Nick says, do you think Minnesota, San Francisco got steamed late in the week or enough people late swapped off a chalky Chargers Denver? Yeah, it's always hard to untangle those dynamics. My my gut heading into that was Ayuk. Just kind of hearing chatter, seeing some of my Twitter replies, I was feeling pretty confident that Ayuk and Mike Williams were getting steamed. Um, those were two popular games, and Ayuk and Mike Williams were you know, kind of the affordable ways to attack those via the passing game. Um, I guess you could say the Denver running backs uh, were, were cheap as well, but uh, I could feel some steam on those guys. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about Minnesota, San Francisco, because Debo and Justin Jefferson were really expensive. Feeling caught a little bit more ownership than his projections, but not by a ton. And people weren't really playing Dalvin Cook. People got spooked off of Eli Mitchell. So I don't know. I actually didn't see a ton of ownership in that game. Um, I'd be curious to see which contest you're referencing on that because it seemed like it stayed mostly in check. What is the fee for the Thunderdome? Look at this. We're getting ready for our our Thunderdome Dow. I believe it is $5,300. I believe it's $5,300. Leone on an absolute heater over there. The best small field GPP player out there the king. We are lucky to get to talk to him on Tilt Space uh, each week and and hear how he thinks about his lineup building process. 
What did Dylan end up being owned? Pretty low. I had him, I think, in one of these lineups. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, I. you know what? I had it in a red zone entry. I actually ran out. Um, I'll pull it up here. Uh, and then I can show you his ownership in a contest. I played him in this Tom Brady stack I rolled out. It was the one kind of non-spy tournament I did. So I left A.J. Dillon in this lineup. This was the 150K red zone single entry. And I had A.J. Dillon here at 8.5%. Um, this was another one of those where my early stack uh, bombed here. Um, and so I figured AJ Dillon would be pretty low. So I let him ride at a uh, 8.5%, which actually ended up being a pretty nice play. I gotta sneeze. Oh, I can't sneeze. Oh, it was very funny that this was the week Higgins hit. It was, it was very funny. Um, the, the cash game bros were tilting their faces off at the T Higgins hitting, but you know, if you read any of the, you know, the good content out there that looks at the underlying metrics, whether that's, you know, Gretsch is stealing signals, Karain's walkthrough, um, everyone would tell you that Higgins usage was still great and that there wasn't any, you know, underlying red flags there. So I was happy to play Higgins there. I did obviously have him in this lineup. Let's just see what took down the big spy. I want to say I saw someone post a screenshot of it, and it was pretty wild. Look at how much Atticus separated here. Um, 183 in this band of scoring, pretty tight here. And then this guy with just 30-plus more points uh, than everyone else. This was one of those true uh, galaxy brain lineups. So we have, or maybe not true galaxy brain, but still pretty impressive. So we have Carson Wentz to Pittman, and then the double bring back on Fournette and Gronk. I guess that makes pretty intuitive sense. Actually, the more I look at this, this is a pretty logical lineup. Um, then you have the Waddle in DJ Moore mini correlation here. That makes sense to me. You have Miles Sanders chalk, which is good. And then you have Mixon correlated with the Bengals D. Um, the three running back lineup, but getting two of those running back plays low owned, getting two of the low owned wide receivers and kind of dancing around the grenades in this game stack. So at first I thought it was a galaxy brain, but this is just a, a really nice lineup. Um, I think I definitely have a mental block these days with, you know, rolling out uh, three running back lineups. Um, it's hard for me um, outside of kind of late swap situations. Uh, and I did want to give myself options on this specific week with late swap, but Geez, this is a pretty nice lineup here. Um, kind of knowing that, you know, you're going to be eating big time Pittman and Gronk chalk there, but knowing that kind of the wince and Fournette pieces of it would be unique. And that's where you're able to access the ceiling. Um, really strong lineup. Uh, I, for some reason, when I initially glanced at it, I think someone posted a screenshot of it on Twitter with only the top half. And I just saw, uh, Sanders, uh, Fournette, Wentz, more Waddle, and it looked weirder to me than it does in its full glory. So congratulations to Atticus on that nice team there. This was um, the 150K spy, 25K to first. This was the, of course, the Big Ben disaster. Um, had the Big Ben to uh, uh, Chase Claypool and Pat Phil Helmuth with the uh, Jamar Chase bring back. I did eat the Miles Sanders chalk 
in this one, I had a one-off Justin Jefferson and a, a Melvin Gordon, Mike Williams. I'm trying to check my spreadsheet here to see what I initially. So this is another one where I had um, initially when I built this lineup, I had uh, AJ Dillon and Brandon Ayuk in it. Yeah, because I was setting up AJ Dillon as a one-off, and then I was going to do a mini correlation, Brandon Ayuk and Justin Jefferson. But again, once this lineup cratered with all of these anchors, if you watch the tilt space, you know we are not calling these snowflakes anymore. These are, in fact, anchors for your lineup. Uh, once this bombed, I knew uh, Ayuk was going to be pretty popular. So I decided to go to a Melvin Gordon, Mike Williams mini. And I think, you know, trying to think through my thought process on that, the Ayuk to Williams was probably kind of um, a lateral move as far as how much ownership I was eating. Um, but then I thought I was getting in the correlation and new Melvin Gordon would be low owned, but kind of thinking that through, I probably should have been more funky with this and, and done, you know, the Cortland Sutton thing again, or done just that initial Odell and uh, AJ Dillon, I think probably would have been the better play there. Didn't think through this swap enough because I don't think I was gaining much going from Ayuk to Williams other than the correlation with Melvin Gordon there. So not happy with that swap now that I'm looking at it uh, there. But overall, uh, felt good about the construction uh, of this lineup. And it was one, two, where I had built this lineup and I had, you know, not a ton of salary left for running back and felt pretty comfortable eating the Miles Sanders chalk in the context of of this specific lineup. Um, and I do feel pretty pretty good about that overall. Yeah, uh, Fournette really was just a sharp play, and I'm I'm mad that I didn't think about him more. Um, it was one of those where if you looked at just the numbers, um, you know, his ceiling projection, his ownership projection, he didn't stand out to me because he was going to be catching a decent bit of ownership. I saw him projected around the 12 to 13% range, and he didn't project well as a points per dollar play. But when you thought through the context of the slate and the leverage opportunities, it really starts to make intuitive sense. Mike Evans getting steam, Chris Godwin being popular, Gronk being mega chalk, you know, Tom Brady being the most popular quarterback, Michael Pittman being this chalk bring back. Um, when you really started to think it through from that angle of where the potential leverage points could be, he really started to stand out. I think I have a, a leak in my game when I look at my spreadsheet and I see ownership in the double digits. Um, I almost just kind of mentally start to, you know, check these guys off as not great GPP bros, uh, GPP plays. And I think that's definitely a leak. And also understanding there can be uh, a decent, you know, uh, deviation, uh, an error deviation there on the ownership where there are lots of times where Fournette does come in around five or 6% and not, you know, 12% where I had him in my spreadsheet. So yeah, that's another one where uh, I think thinking through the slate dynamics more and where those potential leverage spots could be um, was really smart because we knew that game was going to be popular and so many pieces were going to be, were going to be popular there that should have had more kind of JT and Leonard Fournette, uh, especially at Fournette's price tag there.
Mm. Let's see here. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else interesting to say about this lineup. We can see what took this one down, uh, a 197.28. Much different lineup uh, than the lineup that took down the Big Spy. So we had, okay, now this is a crazy lineup, right? This one's crazy. We have a naked Justin Herbert. We have Leonard Fournette burned in the flex early with Javante Williams still to go. Play Javante, Hilliard, Fournette. We have Fryermuth. Okay, so this was like a nine-leg parlay. Is I don't think there's a is there a single bit of correlation in here that I'm missing? Waddle, Beckham, Jefferson, Fournette. Wow. So that this, this is the lineup that I would never make in my life, and here they are taking down twenty five thousand dollars. Congratulations, St. Chowby. Hmm. Pretty wild lineup there. I um, I don't know if it was a leak or not. I I really did not give Hilliard much thought at all yesterday. Like I I was kicking around, you know, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Ty Johnson, but Hilliard never even kind of made it on my radar outside of people asking me start sit questions with Hilliard. Um, maybe that was a leak there. I think the issue was I just really did not like that game. Um. You'll see in my best lineup, I ended up getting up to the the New England defense, um, and it just felt like that could be a game that that cratered and not a great spot for the Titans' running game. But at forty six hundred, at that ownership, probably should have been part of the player pool. Mm. <laughs> oh, you're right. My bad. I forgot the Justin Herbert, Javante Williams, the QB Oppo running back correlation, of course. Um, all right. I'm, I'm too depressed. Let's look at my one good lineup, uh, here from yesterday. This was in the small spy 1100 entries here. It was uh, a funky lineup for me because when I started building, I don't think like the Tarod cooks was not on my, you know, must have, uh, you know, it wasn't even really on my wish list, but I started kind of building around some of these other plays that I wanted which was, and I'm just pulling up my spreadsheet to make, to see what this lineup was initially. Um, but I knew I wanted the Kittle and Adam Thielen uh, correlation. Uh, I liked that one. Uh, Kittle just really stood out to me from a ceiling and ownership perspective. So I, I forced myself to get him. Um, and then, of course, I had the Cordero Patterson Visca. Um, again, Patterson was not a guy that was on my radar yesterday until we ran the Sims in the morning. And he was the most frequented player in the Sims when we ran them at whatever it was, 11 a.m. yesterday. And I said, I need to give this guy a look because the Sims are pretty good at identifying these spots where these guys are really good plays and the field isn't going to play them. Also gave me a chance to be a LaVisca Chenault slappy and get that mini in. And then I also had it set up to be able to do the um, the A.J. Dillon and... Uh, Odell Beckham, or in this case, I had the Javante Williams and Mike Williams. Uh, and I knew that those two V2s fit and I would have kind of access to that. And then I started just looking at some of the combinations as far as skinny stacks then to use. And I really liked on the Terod Taylor, Brandon Cooks one that it allowed me exactly $3,900 salary to get up to the Patriots defense, which similar to Kittle, um, I thought was, you know, the best play at defense 
and was not going to be owned by many people. So I thought this gave me a really unique construction and uh, I felt really, really good about this lineup. Uh, even though if you would have showed it to me on, I don't know, Saturday night when I was fiddling around with my initial builds, I would have never assumed I landed on a lineup on that like this. And this was one of probably the lone you know, bright spots for me from a process standpoint of just being really open to being flexible on Sunday morning. Once I had new information, the new information, you know, being the Sims uh, pointing us in the direction of Patterson here. Uh, Adam Thielen also looked good in the Sims yesterday. So this was, um, this was one of those lineups that um, I feel pretty good about. Uh, definitely wish I could have made just a bit more noise. I thought Taylor and Cooks were going to have another chance to connect there at the end of the game, but that game really stalled out. And um, the other interesting thing about this lineup was I, I was knocking around some some late swaps because this lineup, you know, it was sitting pretty nice um, heading into the 4 p.m. And I knew I had still to go four guys and I knew Kittle and Thielen were going to be low. So I felt like I could let the Javante and Mike Williams ride. And you can really see here, I mean, Kittle and Mike Williams, I get what a little less or a little more than, than 10 points combined from those guys. So, you know, those guys have a little bit better game and I'm, I'm definitely cracking, you know, the top 20 in this contest. So, um, overall feel pretty good about this lineup. It was also one of those reminders and we were joking about it on tilt space. Like, these some of these teams would would have been great to have in much smaller contests, and it's it's another leak in my game. Uh, I mentioned it last night. Uh, you know, Leone, Karain, those guys do a really good job of getting in super small contests. Holka does it on FanDuel. Um, I still, when I go to the lobby, it's it's very hard for me to put something into a contest that doesn't have you know ten or twenty thousand dollars up top. Um, still kind of chasing those scores and just with the way I build lineups, I'm generally giving myself a pretty clear path to a first place finish just with the type of exposures I'm taking on. So that's, that's a wrestling thing for me. I did, um, I did toss, um, my four lineups that I made yesterday into uh, a five max contest as well. So trying to, to layer my contest selection a little bit and get paid off. Uh, a bit more when I am right. Um, but yeah, let's see what took down this contest, a 189. So we had a, a Burrow to uh, Jamar Chase. And this was, again, one of those kind of interesting double stacks. Uh, it would have worked yesterday with Brady, Fournette, and Gronk. And it works here with Burrow, Mixon, and Chase. Do we have a bring back here? No bring back and the Bengals D. So just onslaughting against the Steelers. I actually don't hate that thought process. Um, targeting Fournette and Gronk with the T.Y. Hilton bring back. And then uh, one-off Elijah Moore and Odell Beckham. So funky lineup, um, but definitely has some plays that, that make sense uh, to me here. So pretty interesting. I ended up playing uh, Pascal. In my Tom Brady lineup, this was in the red zone. Ended up doing the Brady to Evans and Gronk. I knew I was going to be eating big Gronk chalk, but brought it back with a, a low-owned Pascal who just happened to be the one random Colt not to score. Who scored? T.Y. Hilton, Doolin, um, and I forget who the third guy was to score for them. The chat will let me know. Um, 
had a David Johnson, Crowder, Mini here. Jonathan Taylor is the bring back at 7.5%. And then, as I said, I let A.J. Dillon ride here. But uh, nice lineup for uh, this team, Curtis, here in the 20K Spy. Um, let's head over and check out the Deposit Kingdom. We do have Nick Vogel in the chat. Um, had a very nice lineup here. Tom Brady to Evans, Gronk, and Fournette. Um, with the Pascal. Oh, this one was very, was similar to, uh, to mine, but yours <laughs> was a lot smarter in that it didn't eat up salary with Jonathan Taylor and had Fournette instead. So, um, nice play here. And this was a similar lineup that I, or construction in, in the Thunderdome. I think this is what a Raven had where he had the Brady Fournette. I believe they had Godwin with it. And then Gronk. Um, I do think you know, onslaughting in a small field like this is very sharp, you know, with the highest total game on the slate did eat some Deontay Johnson chalk there, but did a correlation with Higgins. And of course, Johnson comes in a little lower in the deposit kingdom tournament than he does elsewhere. Uh, and then I love that you kept the Eli Mitchell play, uh, late there at 9.3% really ends up, you know, being the difference for you there getting that massive game out of uh, Eli Mitchell. So congrats to Nick Vogel on a very sharp lineup and taking down the deposit kingdom tournament. Um, we'll check out a few of these other top teams. I got a message from Wu Tang last night. What did Wu Tang say to me? He said, will you talk about my lineup on in a vacuum tomorrow? Thank you for uh, plugging the podcast version of this show. I do upload all of these episodes to the podcast feed. If you're never not around to watch live on YouTube, he said, I'm worried. It's my only chance to be famous. Hope your hangover. Is not too bad? Here is your chance to be famous. Wu-Tang Killabees finishing second in the deposit kingdom tournament with a Stafford Odell Beckham and Cooper cup. Double stack there uh, with the A.J. Dillon bring back. You stuck with it. I would be curious if you waffled on the A.J. Dillon bring back once Aaron Jones was made active or not, or if you pivoted to that, or if this was always what you're going to do, but a very nice uh, classic, you know, double stack with the bring back here. You ate the uh, Michael Pittman chalk um, as a one-off. I don't necessarily love doing Pittman chalk as a one-off, Um but not a obviously not a devastating play for you. I love that you punted it off with tight end with some rando there. You did, of course, play LaVisca Chenault, which, of course, is always going to get uh, commended on this stream. And then, really, uh, it was that Patterson, Chenault, Mini, and the Dolphins D that got you there. Again, one of those weeks, uh, just getting a couple things right. Uh, really, a couple things right. That stack hit nicely for you. You hit Patterson, you hit Dolphins, easy game. Doesn't matter that Pittman flops, that Chenault flops, that Ryan Griffin flops. Um, just got a couple things right. So very nice lineup by Wu-Tang Killabees there. Please cover my terrible lineup that cashed in 61st in the Deposit Kingdom. Okay, we will do it. I uh, also got to give a shout out to, I recognize Silas up here. Um, he, of course, had the super nice uh, Leonard Fournette play here at 2.5%. Had the Burrow, Chase Higgins, that clean double stack with the Claypool bring back. Looks pretty nice. You play Henderson. Henderson's ownership here, I, I feel like this was 
uh, a deposit kingdom, AJ Dillon phenomenon here where we all had AJ Dillon in our lineups and then pivoted him to Henderson once uh, Aaron Jones was made active. Uh, Jared Cook, I think, looked like a decent play at 3,000. little mini correlation there with Jerry Judy. Um, very nice lineup. Uh, and then Fournette as the kind of perfect one-off low-owned running back in the highest total game of the week. You know, the more I say it out loud, the more I, I realize how dumb it was not to have a sprinkle of Leonard Fournette in my mix. And then, you know, also getting up to Patriots D, I think was super sharp on this slate. Um, when we know so much of the field is going to be, you know, punting it off with Texans and Jags, and it's not even punting it off. I mean, the Texans projected as one of the best defenses just from a raw points total. So to be at the near minimum there, um, you just knew you were going to be getting on a, a different build than a lot of the field once you got up to a high-end defense. So very nice lineup there by Silas taking fifth place here. Uh, Silas says he swapped off of Javante to Judy. Yeah, that's interesting just because I guess I would have assumed they would have been similar, around similar ownership. Um, but Judy probably gives you access to a, a bit higher of a ceiling, I, I would I would say. So I don't mind that at all. Um, let's check. Who wanted me to look at? I, we have uh, Drico in 39th. We can take a look at a couple of these lineups here. We got... The small potatoes here at 39th also had the Burrow stack. This one with um, Fryermuth as the bring back instead of Claypool. Got in that Jefferson Ayuk mini that I liked and talked about earlier. Played Ty Johnson as a one-off to help unlock it. Dolphins D, awesome play. And then the I assume that the Henderson dynamic there as well, leaving yourself options for A.J. Dillon if needed. Solid lineup there, 134. 0.96, um, very nice lineup would have done well. Um, in yeah, would have been around where mine was here in the spy for, for a min cash there, but, uh, a nicely constructed team from Drico as always. Brian says, I didn't realize you had this as a podcast. Just went and subscribed as I'm not usually around for live. Yeah. I end up the, I don't put the, um, showdown crams up on the podcast feed because, uh, they just have such, uh, an incredibly short shelf life, but I do put these Monday morning review streams, the Friday afternoon, uh, strategy stream and the Sunday morning, um, build stream. I normally get that up about, uh, you have about an hour before lock if you need that in audio version. So, um, maybe we'll do another iTunes review, uh, giveaway thing here soon. Um, Dustin says, can we look at 40th place here? Bonesy. Ooh, the Zach Wilson. Now we're talking Zach Wilson to Elijah Moore, David Johnson on the bring back there. The Kittle Jefferson mini, the Claypool Higgins mini, um, Eli Mitchell in that game with Kittle in Dolphins D. Uh, I like, I like this, uh, I like this lineup. I, I do think there wasn't a ton of opportunity cost at quarterback this week. And it did feel like a week where you could get weird and take some stabs on stuff. And the scoring definitely, you know, back that up. <laughs> I mean, the, the quarterback scores across the board yesterday were, were awful. Um, and I, I don't mind kind of making a bet on this and you get off um, kind of the chalky pieces in this game too, um, in avoiding cook. So 
uh, pretty, pretty inspired stack there. Uh, I definitely, uh, like the creativity and, uh, I think the lineup makes a lot of sense. Um, definitely, a, a recurring theme of everyone who wants me to see their lineup having a very defense, nice defensive plays here. Another dolphins D at 5.5%. Let's see here. Um, took, uh, 242nd in the contest. Here's Paul. Um, yes, had that Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Goddard. So very similar to my 400K spy lineup, um, except I did the Barkley bring back and Paul here did the Galladay bring back, which I think was completely fine. I was deciding between those two. Ultimately, I just thought this was such a gross week at running back that I'd rather chew up a running back spot with, with that game. Um, but I like that stack. Let the AJ Dillon and Odell Beckham ride. Um, I think that was really sharp, you know, where you were at heading into the 4 PM games, just knowing that most of our field was going to be getting off of that mini for the most part. And then what else did we have in here? We had Jamar chase as a one-off and uh, Melvin Gordon guessing maybe you had, a Javante Williams in there or something like that, and then pivoted to Melvin Gordon to get a little bit more unique. Oh, now you get the coffee. Sorry, we missed this early, so now you can get it. There you go. Um, Let's see here. Um, I have... I'm too I'm too tired to be doing an Irish accent at this time. You can tune back in at 2.30 for Splash Play when Spags makes me do uh, Welcome to the Family in my really shitty uh, Italian mobster accent. If you want to see a blizzard, you mean anchor. We call those anchors around here now. You can check out mine in 257th. Um, Eli Montana here uh, with the Brady Grunt Godwin Pittman. This poor man. Someone get him an EpiPen. He's suffering from atropic chalkitis. chalkitis. Uh, Miles Sanders. Keenan Allen, you rolled out the, did you roll out your cash game lineup here? This looks like a cash game lineup outside of, I guess, MBS and Henderson. Um, but uh, yes, this, these lineups are, are going to be extremely hard to win, um, to win tournaments with for the most part, just because you're eating so much chalk, even in a galaxy brain tournament like this, you're still um, eating a decent amount of, of ownership here. Hmm. 313 for clay. Lots of anchors. Show me the anchors. Oh yes. Uh, man, we got burned on the hurt stuff. Didn't we? Uh, I love the, the hurts to Goddard with the Barkley bring back. You have the Dylan and Odell mini, the chase and Claypool mini, and then MVS kind of to make it fit there at 4,100. Not a, not a lot of of salary saving options yesterday unless you really wanted to get off the board. Uh, you know, saw a decent amount of Visca at 4,400, decent amount of MBS at 4,100. Some of us gal brained, you know, a Pascal at 3,500, but it is, it is tough sledding out there. DraftKings is not giving us any freebies uh, here at all. I'll take a few more looks. Matt here wants us to look at the chalk anchors here. We had the Tarod Taylor, to Brandon Cooks with the Ty Johnson bring back. First time seeing Christian McCaffrey in a lineup here. Um, pretty brutal run out for him um, with the injury with Cam vulturing there. 
Um, what else do we have? The Chalk, Godwin, Pittman, Gronk, the one-off, Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say for, for a lineup like this, and I know most of your guys went early, but just from like a pure process standpoint, like I think you have to pivot off of Ayuk here at 5,300. It's just so unlikely. You know, we know he, in this contest, he's going to come in around 15 to 20%. I think most people would assume that. And you're behind so much of the field. I think you got to pivot IU to Melvin Gordon, pivot him to Cortland Sutton, pivot him even to Odell. Um, just anything to give yourself a chance to get a Hail Mary, you know, up to, you know, the cash line, which again, you're a ways out. But like, if you look at this, the cash line's 122.36. So yes, it's, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to cover, you know, 30 points, but is it, would it be, unheard of if you know Cortland Sutton popped off for 35 points like you got to give yourself a prayer to climb the ladder and so I do think um you should be looking at these lineups you know critically and pivoting off that chalky spot if it's the last thing you have going they're anchors beachhead they're anchors it's a rebranding you know, uh, the, uh, the, the bad GPP player coalition, uh, has formed a focus group and we are doing a PR campaign to fight against the toxicity of how people review our shitty lineups. And they are now anchors. They are anchors. And, um, and that's it. We, we don't acknowledge, um, the chill of the former, uh, icon. Hmm. Um, Pius wants us to look at 61st. Let's see here. Didn't we, did I just look at this? Oh no, this is another Zach Wilson lineup. So we have the Zach Wilson double to Elijah Moore and Ryan Griffin. Did, who was touting Ryan Griffin? I, I missed this. He, I, I did not, uh, I never considered Ryan Griffin. Uh, I didn't notice him. Um, shout out to the Ty Griffin. Holy cow. You onslaughted the jets onslaughted the jets. Zach Wilson, Ty Johnson, Elijah Moore, Ryan Griffin. So my only thing about this is I feel like I don't even mind the Jets onslaught just because they're so cheap. But like, I'm, I really probably want to bring it back with Cooks like at that point, because you really need that game to go bonkers if four Jets are, are winning you a tournament. So I, I just don't win. You know, you can get away with that one-sided onslaught if it's a team with a massive implied team total. Like we saw a bunch of those bucks onslaughts work yesterday because you were able to hit on the Gronk and Fournette side. But in this context, I just find it very thin with how low of an implied team total the, the Jets had that you onslaught them without a bring back. So that's kind of my my only criticism with that play. I do like how you uh, allowed it to, or used it to get up to the Cup Adams mini, which was cost prohibitive, but going to be extremely unique. And no one needs to, you know, debate the merits of the ceiling that Cup and Adams have here. So I like the the thesis of the play. Mix in as a cheap one-off was good. Um, another thing I don't love about this lineup is using, again, double tight end in itself isn't bad but an uncorrelated one-off chalky tight end in the flex isn't my my favorite thing uh, to do here. Um, because again, it's there's just so many points of failure. And when he does hit, a lot of times it's that game hitting in a big way. And then you just needed the other pieces there. So um, an interesting lineup for sure here, Pius. But I think uh, a couple tweaks I would make, um, mainly just trying to get 
to um, a less chalky uh, tight end one-off here and a less chalky defense um, for the most part. I thought Ty Johnson was fine, although I guess at this ownership, I, I did not think he was going to be 17%. Um, I thought he's probably fine sub 10%. Um, I didn't end up using him at all just because my thought was when I was looking at the running back tiers, sorry, uh, I thought that just finding the extra money to get up to the Denver running back, the Miles Sanders, the Eli Mitchell, even the AJ Dillon, the Henderson, like I was just much more comfortable in that 5,000 range that I didn't feel like I had to go fully dumpster diving. I did do it in this lineup. I did do the David Johnson here at 4,500. Um, to get in, of course, my little mini there with Jamison Crowder. But for the most part, I didn't mess around with that tier. And it's it's always hard, right? Because like I said, if if Ty Johnson is the, you know, 2.8% that David Johnson is here, it's it's a great play. You know, at 17.3%, a running back like that who, you know, doesn't have a huge ceiling, I think it starts to get into dicey territory. You know, he had a bad run out, right? He lost that touchdown to Walter. Um but I just don't love it uh, in the context of of this lineup. And I'd almost prefer here, you know, we were talking about maybe a bring back. Like I'd almost much rather have Ty Johnson be, you know, Burkhead or David Johnson in the context of this lineup, just trying to play that game as a shootout. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad lineup. I'm, I'm just giving you con constructive uh, criticism. I, I go through my lineups uh, every, every it, it still boggles my mind, like, you'd think that you you would come on here and just have like a very clear thesis for what you do. And I still scratch my head at decisions that I make. Um, you know, like this lineup here that I was talking about where I had the Ayuk Jefferson mini and then pivoted off of Ayuk because I was, I was worried it was going to be too chalky, but pivoted it to a guy who was going to be equally as chalky. It's like, you know, I continue to make simple mistakes. We talked through the Leonard Fournette thing. That was a huge process mistake from how I thought about the slate just because it wasn't, you know, jumping out to me uh, in my spreadsheet. So this is a safe space for us to make GPP mistakes, to get better, to learn, to be honest with ourselves, uh, with with our play and uh, and help uh, help each other plug our league. So that is how it goes. Um, can check out my spreadsheet here. Um, still, you know, holding on in, in the spy with a decent ROI this year. Um, I have, you know, $4,875 in spy entries so far, including uh, a Thanksgiving disaster. But I like how we just have all agreed to, uh, not talk about, uh, Thanksgiving anymore. Um, that was a rough slate. We actually had, uh, our tilt space lineup was, would have been looking really good. Uh, we had uh, a really nice team, but we pivoted off of it because DeAndre Swift hurt us early. And it was one of those things where it's like, well, DeAndre Swift bagel, so we have to pivot off of our stuff. If we would have just left it, we would have, you know, I think finished top 10, top 15 in some of our contests. So that's how it goes. But anyways, um, 6,000 in winning. So I'm still up $1,175 on the year in the spy, you know, just getting the, these min caches here, you know, I had $300 in entries yesterday, just getting that one min cash, um, to make it only a net loss of a hundred, uh, very much helps out 
Um, but it is starting. I'm starting to feel the anchors in my lineup a little more starting to feel a, a little cold. We had the big win, uh, back in week three, the bank, dare I say, uh, for 3000. And then we had a nice stretch here in week four, five, six, where we were routinely cashing. And it's been a little tough other than the, uh, the blip in week 10, where we finished, uh, top 66. So, um, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're doing all right. You know, the bankroll is intact, um, scaled back, didn't play the double spy this week. Um, as I kind of mentioned, trying to kind of scale my play to, to how hot I'm running and make sure that I keep my bankroll in check to, to get me throughout the rest of the season. And obviously this is just, um, uh, a part of the bankroll in that, you know, I play the showdown contest. Um, I don't log, you know, when I toss stuff into the red zone and stuff, trying to keep this nice and tight for the, the single entry spy contest. But this does make up the majority of my play each week. And, and this is my goal. I, I really want to win a spy. Um, that has, has been the goal since I started doing this, uh, bankroll challenge, uh, was it two years ago now? I think this is my third season doing it. So um, it is nice to be profitable in the SPY over over the course of those three seasons, um, but still chasing that true bank. Um, but feel good. Feel good overall about the process, um, minus a few little leaks in the game that we see here and there. Yep, couldn't agree more from Drico. I'd rather learn than continue to make the same mistakes every week. Um it, it, it is, it is tricky too, because it's, it's so hard to not, you know, be kind of reactive to the current meta. Like you have to really make sure that the lessons you're taking away are, you know, uh, able to be replicated, right? Like it can't just be like, well, I can never play two tight ends in the flex, you know, like hard and fast rules like that are never going to be how we learn. Uh, because each slate is unique, but like my big takeaway on that Leonard Fournette thing was, is, you know, have a part in your process where not only are you looking at the plays dot, dot, dot in a vacuum, but also looking at who are the highest owned plays on the slate and where might the leverage opportunities be. And my specific takeaway for this week is that's a lot easier when ownership is condensing throughout the week. Like it's so much easier, and I use this example a lot, but it's like Devontae Adams is going to be 40% and Aaron Jones is going to be 5%. It's so easy for a GPP bro brain in that context to be like, okay, we play Aaron Jones. That's the leverage, et cetera. It's much harder when I'm staring at my spreadsheet and the ownership is all within a 15 to 20% band. And it's like, well, some of these guys are going to be 25%. Some of them are going to be 8%. And I don't know really which one it's going to be, but layering in the context of what's the most popular game stack, what is the most popular wide receivers on the play. And it was screaming at us that this Gronk Godwin Brady with the Michael Pittman bring back was going to be the chalk stack. I, I said it on the lineup or the first look review on Mayo show last Monday. Before even Thanksgiving, I said, this is going to be the chalk double stack. The, the main teams in the Thunderdome, which are the good, you know, you know, bellwether for what is going to be the chalky kind of play of the week had that exact stack. It should have been screaming at us that Leonard Fournette was an awesome play. Um, and so that's uh that's a good takeaway for me. And I think it's something that we can replicate and be more conscious of. So note to self, think through the slate from a more macro lens and, and identify the potential leverage spots, even if they're not popping on the spreadsheet. That's my big takeaway for this week. 
Um, we can check in real quick on my owner's club lineups. Um, another kind of a little bit of a disappointing uh, week for me there in that I was, again, kind of close to some good combinations, but just didn't quite get there. I am in 66th right now with this uh, lineup where I did roll out Tampa Bay tight end Colts running back. Didn't get the ceiling from the Colts running back there. Um, and a bit disappointing not to have a, a higher point total from my running back. You know, I was I was debating, do I play, you know, the Las Vegas card from Thursday and just bank the 21 points? Ultimately, I shot for the ceiling there. Didn't get it. Um, this team min cashing here with a, a Green Bay stack. Did stick with the 49ers running back one here. Um, this was the card I should have had, right? Um, that's an extra 10 points uh, here. Uh, let's see what took it down uh, this week. So it's Matt Bruh using three of the cards from Thursday, Buffalo QB, uh, Dallas wide receiver, and Buffalo tight end. Then playing, of course, that was the that was the nut card, the uh, Tampa Bay running back there for 46.8 points, and uh, Bengals defense there looking pretty nice. So, uh, man, yeah, shout out to the people who rolled out the uh, Falcons RB as well. That was a tough click for me. Uh, with Patterson, you know, being questionable heading into the week, he wasn't popping in the sheets either, but obviously a really nice play there. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about, you know, what, what is viable from Thursday and, you know, a lot of the Thursday stuff held. So it was just getting, you know, a defense and a running back combo around those Thursday points, uh, look like the dominant strategy there. So still having fun with TOC, still, still trying to chase down a live final appearance there, but quickly running out of weeks to do so here. Um, all right, guys, uh, I appreciate you. I'm going to go finish up the newsletter. Like I said, um, I'll be back at two 30 with spags, uh, for splash play. If you guys haven't checked out that show, it's uh, been a lot of fun. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, I will be back tonight to do a showdown cram. Uh, I will post the early leverage plays in the discord. So uh, for the hand builders out there, I like to compare the current Sims versus aggregated ownership across the industry. And I'll give you the, the current best flex plays and captain plays. So if you guys want to hop in the run the Sims discord, you can become a YouTube member below or better yet, you sign up for run the Sims, use 10% off uh, with promo code Pete. And that will also unlock that channel for you in the discord where we have lots of good conversation about these showdown slates and main slates. Feel free to hit me up. If you have any questions, I appreciate you guys. Hopefully we shake off this week 12 Russ. We'll get back at it. We'll win some GPPs here in week 13. Have a great rest of your Monday. Yeah.